The next thing is you fail to manifest the forgiveness of God. You have been undeservedly given because of Jesus Christ. You fail to manifest it when you have an unforgiving spirit. And you know you should. You know it's right. You want to, but you have an old sinful nature that fights against you doing the things that's right. And you know it's right, but you also have this, I'm not. You remember years ago, they used to have this Gilligan's Island, and they're always trying to get Gilligan to do something, and Gilligan's is like, you can't make me, you can't make me, you can't make me, and then he does it. In Ephesians chapter 4, now look at these verses, because they're very important verses. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now just think for a minute. God destroyed this whole world, because he says he was grieved, because of the people's insubordination, rebellion, their wickedness. And so in Genesis chapter 6, he said, I'll destroy them all. But the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And yet you have people today that grieve God by their rebellion. In the Bible, and we was talking about this in Sunday school, talking about Saul, when God made him a king. When he was little in his own eyes, then he got too big for his britches. And then the Bible says it grieved God that he had made Saul king over Israel. So God can be grieved because the person that he wants to do certain things won't do them. God is grieved with his children when his children do not obey him. When you fail in your Christian life, see, being successful in your Christian life isn't that you just go to church every Sunday and you give a little money here and there and, and you try to do what's right out there and so on like that. But listen, it's demonstrating the grace of God in your life. You and I are not to live by the law, laying down the law for everybody. We're supposed to demonstrate what we can do, which is I can live by grace. It means that I am going to bestow upon you love and kindness compassion, and care. All the things that God wants me to, regardless of how you treat me. Over the years, you'll have it and I will have it. We'll hurt somebody, somebody will hurt us. But if you never learn how to forgive, you will turn to bitterness. And bitterness is the poison that eats at you until it destroys you. You're hoping the other person dies from it, but you're the one that's taking the poison. Look what he says. You're sealed until the day of redemption. That's the day when we leave these old bodies and we're cut up to meet the Lord in the air. So how long should we do this? How long should we serve the Lord? Until He comes. So we keep looking for the Lord to return. Serve the Lord until we retire or serve the Lord until He returns. Until He returns. Now look what He said. Let all bitterness, all of it. Why does God have to tell us this? Why does he have to tell us in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, uh, husbands, be not bitter against your wife? Why? Because it must be a very easy thing to do. It must be an easy thing to get bitter, isn't it? Isn't it easy to get bitter at your husband? Bitter at the kids? Bitter at your parents? The in-laws and outlaws? All your relatives? It's easy to get bitter with the boss? The preacher? It's easy. Now, you want to demonstrate the grace of God in your life? Learn how 
to forgive. Not because somebody deserved it. Well, if they asked me, I might. Well, I'll forgive them for this and this and this, but I'll never forgive them for what they said. How long are you going to drink this poison? Who do you think you're hurting? That person or you? It's what does, it destroys you. Not loving, not caring, not having compassion. You can't make everything right. You can't make everybody love you. But you can still demonstrate to them what God wants you to demonstrate. When Christ was in this world, who did he wrong? He must have wronged somebody or they wouldn't have done to him what they did. Ain't that right? That's just plain good logical reasoning. He must have been wrong somewhere. He must not have read Dale Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people. Jesus made everybody mad. He was always offending people. True? Didn't Jesus offend people? He made everybody mad at him. Well, almost everybody. And even his own family didn't believe him. The Bible says over and over again, his mother pondered these things in her heart. Well, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be ye kind one to another, unless it's your wife or your husband. It means be kind to everybody but them. Where do you think it should start? At home. Your home should be like heaven on earth. Think about it. Husband and wife, supposed to love each other, be of the same mind. And that's supposed to demonstrate what heaven must be like. I had somebody who came for marriage counseling. Now, even after I talked to them for months and months, they still want to get married. Nobody listens to the preacher. But they, sitting in my office, and I asked them, I says, now, have you ever seen a marriage like what you want to have. And I was expecting them to say, you know, my mother and dad. And my, I said, whose marriages have you ever seen that you would like yours to be like? I said, have you ever seen anybody's marriage? No. So you want to have something that's never been. You want a marriage like something you have never seen. I said, what's wrong with the ones that you've seen? They're always arguing and fighting and back. Of course, when they get ready to get married, we're not going to do that. I've had people that say, when I get married and I have kids, they're not going to be like yours. How do you win? Wait. You know how I deal with my critics? Outlive them. Sooner or later, they'll die. And you're still going. Because, see, it kills bitterness and hatred. It destroys a person. The key to long life, as the scripture says, learning how to love one another, be kind. You see, happiness and joy is medicine to the bones. You'd be surprised how much better off you will feel when you know you're doing right. The joy that you have when you know you're doing right. But when you don't do right, it makes you sick inside. It just kind of ties up your stomach in little knots. It just makes you feel terrible. And then sometimes when you're bitter, you can't sleep at night. You can't get the rest that you need. Something's always bothering you. And don't tell me it won't affect your health. 
it will affect you. Look what he says. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Considering that other person, and you've got to be tenderhearted, you care, compassion. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. That word followers means as imitators. Imitate your heavenly father. All right, when he was here and people did all these bad things to him, what did he do? What was demonstrating his characteristics? Remember, he said he could have called 10,000 angels. But as the song says, he died alone. He could have, but he didn't. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, if it were my, my angels, my army, we would fight. But it's not. We are citizens of another country. The day is coming when there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And we will be there. But we don't have to wait till we get there to love people, to forgive people. This is all temporary. Life is so short. Wouldn't it be a shame to live half of your life drinking poison, being bitter toward people, carrying grudges that you don't even have to carry? Cut people a little slack. I always told people, see with one eye and hear with one ear. Don't see everything. Don't hear everything. And I've told people this. Sometimes, you know, you think somebody said something and they didn't say that. And sometimes Betty will say, Yankee, I told you that. I said, honey, I didn't hear you. It doesn't count if I don't hear you. It doesn't matter if you say it 50 times. If I don't hear you, it doesn't count. Doesn't that sound good? There has been times when I've heard her, but then I say, I didn't hear you. Have you ever been accused of selective hearing? Do you know anybody like that? Is it possible that you could be like that when it comes to church? And you say, oh boy, boy, that was a good sermon this morning. That's perfect for those people right behind me. They needed that. They needed that. Boy, I wish so-and-so had been here. That would have been perfect for her. She's always blabbermouthing about something. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes, sometimes, the Lord wants to talk to you. Sometimes it's not for everybody else. After last Sunday, I had some people saying, who told you about me? And he says, I know you were talking to me. And... Uh, Sometimes I think, they think I'm talking to them individually. This is just a message that's generic for everybody. These are simple verses out of the scriptures. And so if it hits you between the eyes, hello. Maybe the Lord has a way of, he just wants to get your attention. Now it's better for you just to hear what he said and obey than to him to have to get a two before and put it over your head. So he says, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. How are we supposed to walk? It's always about what he did and how he did it. And so therefore we have an example. And hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Anybody remember who said that? Somebody said that. I wonder who said that. He said that. Jesus said that. When he was on the cross. Forgive them for they don't, they don't know what they're doing. 
Did you ever realize that sometimes, you know, because I'm an old sinful nature we have, the Bible says the devil hath deceived the whole world. Is it, poss- is it possible that sometimes your husband's just a little deceived? Well, he's a little deceived. Is it possible that your wife could be deceived at times? And she didn't see or hear and get it straight, and she might be in error. Do you have to nail her against the wall? Do you have to crucify her? Do you have to get the gun and shoot her? Or can you just write it off? She, she didn't hear me. It's okay. It doesn't matter. And so like the guy who walks in the, you know, he's sitting there and watching TV, and the wife walks in and says, what's on TV? Dust. And then the war began. Like I told you one day, this woman's standing there and she's looking in the mirror. She says, honey, I need a compliment. I mean, and look, look at me. My hair's all just straggly all over my head. I, I got wrinkles. I'm sagging. I'm getting old. Give me a compliment. I need a good compliment. She says, well, nothing wrong with your eyesight. And then the war begins. Now, wives, sometimes it's better not to hear certain comments. I didn't hear that. Because you know it's setting you up. And you're going to get, Katie, bar the door. And wouldn't it be so nice if everybody could just cut each other a little slack? Your, Your wife isn't perfect. I had a man one day, and this is the truth. He says, preach, I want you to pray for me. I said, sure, why not? He says, pray that I can find the perfect wife. I says, I will not. He says, what? I says, I will not. I says, if there's a woman out there that's a perfect wife, why should she marry you? (laughs) You're not a perfect man. Why ruin such a good woman? There's no perfect men. There's no perfect women. There's no perfect children. Except mine, my grandkids. <laughs> but he says, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, one another, as God hath, for, for Christ's sake, forgiven us. Forgiveness means to have no personal vendetta against the person, but to have given them over to the only righteous judge, the Lord to deal with the offender as he pleases. Now, y'all know that in 1991, I got a phone call from Colorado, that a man had taken a hammer and killed my son. Now, the man that killed my son was a black man. And they gave him about four years. Because even though he confessed to the crime, they had not read him his rights. So he got off because some detectives didn't read him his rights. So anyway, I had to give a report to the the court to the judge and everybody was there. And in the video, because I couldn't be there, I addressed the man that killed my son. See, this had nothing to do with skin color. This has to do with sin. All our problem is a sin problem. The things that we're facing in our country with all the people and the riots, and it's, it's a sin problem. That's the problem. It's not the color of the skin. It's, it's the sin problem. And everybody has a sinful nature. Now, I could go for the rest of my life for 24 years, and I could hate and be filled with bitterness. But I told him on the video, I says, I love you. 
and I forgive you. But government can't forgive you. Government must do what government is supposed to do. It's the law. They are to handle that. And I have committed this whole thing to the Lord to work through our government. And I have no vendetta against you. I'm not going to take vengeance against you. I have already wrote it off. My mind is clear. I have nothing against you. I said, but now you cannot escape the court of divine justice. There's a day coming when you'll have to answer to God. But you do not have to answer to me. And you know, for the last 23, 4 years, that doesn't bother me one iota. I grieve that my son is dead. I've often thought about what he could have done with his life. And about his children and all that, you know. Yeah. But some things I can't change. But the only thing that I can deal with is how I feel. What I go through. My peace of mind. I can't change the world out there. But I can make sure that I try to live and walk and think the way I'm supposed to. And not take vengeance. The Bible says God will take vengeance. And I'm not his little avenging angel. Yes, brother, I can forgive, all right, but I can't forget. No, that's uh, something that's going to happen when we get to heaven, and we won't have this whole sinful nature, and we'll never recall it. And he says, the former things will be remembered no more. True forgiveness means burying the hatchet, but not in the back of the other person you're trying to forgive. Be careful of the man who pats you on the back. He may be looking for a place to plant the knife. What does forgiveness toward others not mean? Trust is immediately restored. The moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, yes, God forgave you, but doesn't it's limitation in how you're used. He can't put you in, okay, now you become the pastor. You just got saved yesterday. You can be the pastor today. No, there's a process to go through. And learning and things not to do, things that you are to do, and you earn the right to be trustworthy. And some people, yes, you can forgive, but they need to earn the right to be trusted again. Forgiveness doesn't mean all of that's gone. It just means you as a person, you're not holding again. They have still trust to be gained. There are no consequences to faith. There are consequences. You can say a lot of things, do a lot of things, ask God to forgive you, and He can forgive you. But your wife may not, and she may divorce you. And you can get drunk on the job, and He might forgive you, but you might lose your job. And you can drink an awful lot and ruin your kidneys or... Whatever, and next thing you know, yes, God can forgive you, I forgive you. But it doesn't undo the damage. And you can waste your life, and God can forgive you, but it doesn't put fruit on the plate. It doesn't give you anything to be rewarded for. A wasted life still wasted, it's still gone. And there's still need for communication. You see, even after you and I trusted Christ as our Savior and God forgive us, God still wants us to come to Him and talk and to grow, to grow, to mature. And this is why when people get married, they begin to communicate. And that's why you have transmissions on cars, from the motor to the wheels. You've got to have a transmission. You have to learn how to shift gears. And everybody thinks it's all going to be automatic. But there is a value of having a, a manual transmission. And so in your marriage, you have to learn. You have to grow. You have to adjust. And you're always learning how to adjust. Have you ever seen a racehorse and a jackass in the same yoke? The racehorse wants to do what? 
Go. And that jackass may not want to move. And lo and behold, they get married. Some of you already done got farther down the road than where I've gone yet. And so you find yourself, well, he is so slow. He is so slow. Don't knock his judgment. Look who he married. So what is the basis and motivation for this forgiveness? Because Christ paid for our sins, we learn to forgive other people. And so you hinder your fellowship with God in your daily walk. It's hindered in your daily walk with the Lord. Because, see, the bitterness keeps you from enjoying the Lord. When you're bitter, you poison other people. When you shed your bitterness and your hatred, you're poisoning other people. And the purpose of the poison is to kill them. Don't allow people who are bitter people to poison you against somebody else. It's not good, it's not right, it's not proper. But learn how to forgive and keep on serving the Lord, and God will bless you. And these are some verses to keep in mind. You write these down, 1 John chapter 1, 6-10. They are awesome verses, because 1 John 1, 9 simply says, talks about, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's to the believer. But whenever you sin against your wife, or you sin against your husband, or even if you sin against your children, learn to confess it. Own up to it. When that person knows that you wronged them and you won't admit it, you know that just causes them to lose a little respect for you because you're not honest. You're not upfront. You're being deceptive. And it's hard for people to trust you when you're not honest. And you want to have all of this. You want to be the way God wants you to be. Demonstrating the grace of God in your life. And that's not the easiest thing to do because the only way you can do that is you've got to stay close to the Lord. And not everybody stays as close to the Lord as they could be. It would be great if we did. But anyway, just a few thoughts to help you love each other. Cut each other some slack. Don't be so mean and hard on each other. Everybody's struggling. The wife's struggling. The husband's struggling. The kids are struggling. We're living in a sinful world. And all we see is a lot of the stuff that's not good and wholesome for us. But at least when you come to church, you're supposed to learn some things from the Bible that's supposed to help you in your Christian life. I told people before, if you come to all the services of the church, you'll have all the counseling you need. You'll get all the counseling you need. You don't have to go paying for some psychiatrist or something like that. They charge you a lot of money. But this is biblical counseling. But it's the counseling that can help you in every area of your life. See, most problems are sin problems. It's a spiritual problem. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now God, He loves us, but He hates our sin. He loves us. But to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. And so we were without hope. There is no option to. We have to die and pay for our sins. That's the payment for sin. You see, heaven is perfect, but we're not. And God won't let sin in. We can't go. How can I get rid of my sin? Die, then it's too late. So God says you cannot earn eternal life. You need a Savior. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from Him. So the Bible says the only way we can get to heaven is God's going to have to just forgive us the note. Forgive us. But He can't just forgive us because the law says it has to be paid. 
So he can't just write it off and forget all about it. So he had to send his son. His son came into the world and died that sin debt that we owe. Everybody has to die. And he paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. So now, because the debt has been paid, forgiveness can be offered. So he told his disciples to go into all the world and preach the forgiveness of sins. See, the sin payment's been made. That's not the issue anymore. Now the issue is, will you accept God's forgiveness? Who in their right mind wouldn't? So when I was 18 years old, I heard this for the first time. It blew my mind. You mean it's free? I don't have to do something? I mean, there's nothing to do? I don't have to change my life? Start doing something? All I had to do was believe He did it for me. And He would put this payment to my account. And I go to heaven on what Christ did for me. And that was a gift. Free. So this is the message that teaches the grace of God. God loved us and we didn't deserve it. And He paid for our sins and we didn't deserve that. He forgives us and we didn't deserve that. Now, in our lives, there's people going to sin against us. They don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve to be loved. And they don't deserve to be kind. And they, we, they don't deserve our compassion. They don't deserve it. So we're only looking for the people that deserve our goodness. Oh, really? God says, I want you to do this for me. Treat them the way I treated you. Now, can you understand what I'm saying? Can you really understand what I'm saying? Shake your head like this. This means yes. This means no. I was over in India. They went like this. I'd ask them a question. They'd go like that. Totally confused me. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him right now? Would you say something to the Lord? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him as my only hope of going to heaven. I want the Lord's forgiveness for everything I've ever done. And the reason He can do that is because He's already paid for my sins. And I will accept His forgiveness. And if you will, God said He would give you the free gift of everlasting life. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Would you trust Him? If you will, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, would you trust Christ as your Savior? And if you will, would you let me know by just slipping your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, while I was talking, did anybody's picture flash into your mind? Can you recall something that was said or done to you or that you did to someone else? And you need to get forgiveness for that. Talk to the Lord about those things. God will bless you. He really will. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you do for us. We're so thankful that we get an opportunity in our life to demonstrate to others just how good you are and how wonderful and how blessed it is to be sinners forgiven. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.